This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. My name is Keen QBE. My name is James, and I'm fattered, fat and shattered after a phenomenal live show. Hey! 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 You're listening to Sissy the RuPaul Drag Race Reaction podcast. And the episode you're about to hear is a quote unquote live show because we jumped on Zoom and we opened it up for all of you people who listen to us. And we had a lovely show with a few of you guys who joined us. We were joined by Sean from the podcast Unflopped. We broke down the episode of Drag Race that we heard. We played a bit of Bopper Flop where we went through some of RuPaul's classic hits and said whether they were a Bopper Flop. And we had a bit of a Q&A. So if you're listening to this on our premium feed, you'll get the full uncut version Unwhacked. of it. Unwhacked. But if you're paying for it on our free feed then it's going to be a bit shorter than what you would have heard on the night yes <laughs> I'm glad you agree so yeah Sean was a great guest as always um, it was a goop of a night with the winner so there's a lot to unpack so let's yes, get into there it is. basically the, the thing that was on top of my notes to ask you first thing in was has there ever been such a clear cut finale but obviously, yes, there has been because, like, I thought that Bimini had this in the bag straight away. I am, well, I, I think I mentioned this earlier. I'm between speechless and like a rabbiting, whirling dervish of words. And I don't know which one I'm going to be at the moment, but I'm one of them. I think it might be the latter. I'm completely shocked. I, I was just like, this is a done deal. I'm like, like you folks, I was like, this is done. I'm just going to sit there. I'm going to applaud, applaud at the end and be like, this is, this is the right winner. It mm. was, and I am gooped. Yeah. It's like if Kim Chi yeah. had, had won season eight. That's what it is. <laughs> I mean, that's a... <laughs> but no, because actually, no, Kim the thing about it is, is that I, I actually, like, I love Lawrence Chaney and Lawrence Chaney is a brilliant queen and Lawrence Chaney absolutely mm. deserves to win, but just with the last couple of episodes, it was like, that was Bimini's, um, that was Bimini's whole thing. Yeah. I'm gobsmacked. Absolutely. Uh, before we, we delve too much into that bit, though, who did you see go- was going to be in this finale, Sean? Like, from, from the week one, who did you think would have been in that final four? Well, three? I I was always backing Tace from the get-go. Um, I've seen Tace perform. I've seen Bimini mm-hmm. perform. I was like, those two girls are going to be up there. Um... I think I saw Astina Mandela go further than she did in my mind, if I'm really honest. Um, Lawrence wasn't there. I'm going to be straight up. Lawrence was not there in my mind. Um, And so he's been a shock for me throughout the entire series. Yeah, because he really started strong. Like it was three wins in a row straight out the gate. Yeah. Pretty much. Like it was, it is weird actually when they they highlighted that that actually like pre pre COVID Lawrence Cheney was a great drag queen pre COVID. This is a, a world that just doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> yeah, it's so strange. And I suppose before we get into this week's episode, like how have you enjoyed this series? I suppose you're over in the UK. How do you think it has felt? you know, in the ether over there compared to series one. It's been amazing. Um, I mean, I loved season one. I love the fact that I think, personally, views my own, I think the UK version embraces charisma, uniqueness, and urban talent more than the US version does. I think you get a lot more of that kind of like, it's a little rough around the edges. It's a little bit busted, 
But it's lol. And like, they're, I mean, that's, they're the drag queens I grew up with. I didn't grow up with drag queens who were full face, amazing, polished, whatever. And respect to those girls because they're amazing. I grew up with busted old queens. <laughs> and so I, I love, I love it. I think it's amazing. And season two for me has just been, I think for many people, has been a savior of their, of their lockdown. It's just been a thrill. Yeah. And you, you're based in London. So how many, so you would be familiar enough with some of the, particularly like the Sink to Pink Queens and the London-based queens, like you would have seen them and like know their performance styles. So who are you most excited for going into the season? So I've, I saw um, in the gap between pre-COVID, Lauren, the Lawrence years, pre-COVID, <laughs> and then po- post-COVID, the Bimini years, there's that gap. And um. I, I, I saw Bimini and Taste perform in that gap in a socially distanced space, asterisk, sorry, socially distanced space. And um, I was floored. Like, Taste truly is a lip, lip, lip sync assassin. Um, she did, I've seen her do two songs, two Prince songs that are absolutely flawless, 100% flawless. And then Bimini turned up and did this amazing stuff on a yoga chair that, should it, it like you know it defies physics and gravity but um <laughs> amazing like amazing so i we went in i know a lot of my friends and i certainly went in going we're gunning for these east london girls i'm in east, i live in east london i was like these are going to be our girls we're going to come for yeah yeah i believe that right well, taste called herself the lip sync serial killer which i kind of feel like is our next step up like we have our hall of fame for our lip sync assassins serial killer is that higher like she's the only queen to have survived four lip syncs but the difference between that is like, an assassin is someone who's like hired by someone to go and do it, whereas a serial killer just d- does it because they for want passion. to. It's just for passion. <laughs> yeah. They yeah. just break into a lip sync midway through and yeah, okay, go for it. Well, they do it in a spree, and- I imagine, because she did like four pretty close to each other. Uh, yeah, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> non-stop, non-stop serial killer of lips. Um, but I've also seen, I've seen Tia Coffey perform as well um, as part of the Vixens and equally, she's brilliant. Yeah. She's just brilliant. A real lol. Like, really fab so there was a lot of warmth around the girls i think in season two season one i think is a very different animal um and i've chatted to crystal a bit about this um she was on the podcast recently and we talked about the energy of season one season two feels like a proper competition yeah like it's really up in the air and we've just seen the finale so totally up in the air absolutely bonkers (laughs) (laughs) definitely i kind of do feel the first series is like the franchise starter pack it's like yeah finale of three you're kind of setting everything up and you know, UK would be the first of the franchises to hit its second season, and you can see that there is a sort of leaps and bounds momentum behind the franchise. Yeah, it gives, it gives you hope totally. for Holland now. I think that'll that'll be good to see if <laughs> if Holland season two can come along and and, oh, and how and good is Canada going to be? Because we loved Canada one, so Canada two. Oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> Canada, Canada one was banging. Yeah. Canada one was totally banging. Oh my yeah. god, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. They're they're going to have some length to go to. I. Feel the running order of this episode had like every at every corner there was an opportunity for an emotional palaver. There was the tic tac lunch. There was the the speech to your younger self, and then the why did you deserve to win? I thought they were going to have like Ginny Lemon come out with a tray of letters from home as well towards the end. I was like, <laughs> how many other ways are you going to try and make me to cry? 
Yeah, they came, really came for us, didn't they? They yeah. were just a bit like... I actually think by the end, Tace was slightly exhausted by talking about herself. <laughs> yeah. And actually she was just like, I'm just going to talk beans about some beans on toast yeah. because I'm sick of like this emotional turmoil. I'm exhausted. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I get it. You're so right. The thing I can't... What well, I was trying to figure out is, is the, the beans on toast and ketchup thing. That was like post... Like, that was in the most recent couple of episodes. So she must have got a fairly strong reaction on set to how weird that is. Because she wouldn't have known that the internet was going to break down and be like what the fuck are you doing putting ketchup on your beans and toast mm. you weirdo for her to like think that's important enough of a point for me to bring up in my like last but there was a whole conversation about it you see they leaked the extra video with Dawn French talking about how she put salad cream on her beans <laughs> now I am I I worship at the at the shrine of beans on toast but salad cream is far too far for me Mm. I mean that is a reach that is a reach no matter you may be a you know a national treasure of the United Kingdom but that is a reach Dawn <laughs> like, like there is like what I think is amazing is it caused this massive massive noise in the US where people were like oh the Brits just eat all this awful food out of tins <laughs> like you know and, and it was just this bonkers things around beans on toast but I also saw Taste do a video where she put a pot noodle on a sandwich between two slices of bread and was like, this is the best thing you'll ever eat. And I was like, Taste love, you're really coming for me. I I love you, but some of this stuff is really questionable. I like how Taste is going for the bag of chips MasterChef, you know, booking (laughs) out the gate. She's got no taste. Yeah. Well, actually, gag that her actual name is Taste, like birth name, government name is Taste. And that her dad oh, was really? in WAM. I know, God. Well, that was the thing that gooped me Wham out. Daddy. <laughs> I will say that Stuart from Unfloppy is going to say, I knew that, Sean. I'm going to get on the podcast. He's going to go, I knew that, Sean, because I was trying to know everything because I'm an encyclopedia of pop music. Why did you not know that? But um, but yeah, I was, that was a bit where I was like, ooh, honey, that's really good. That's really good intel. Yeah. Who knew? Yeah. yeah, my dad was in WAM. Next question. <laughs> he, 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 played the, he played the bass. He wasn't one of the ones you'd know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was it Shirley or Pepper? I can't remember the other two, the two girls that were... Pepsi and Shirley. Shirley and Pepper, God. <laughs> <laughs> Salt and Pepper. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah so I suppose Taste spoke about, about WAM. Ellie... Actually, I think I, uh, Ellie... Uh, was probably the one who I found the most emotional in this episode. But I liked how much Rue was living for the Ellie Diamond 8 count. You know, he actually did this. (laughs) (laughs) To be be fair to Rue, though, I am what I would, some people may describe as a mid-elder gay. And the LED 8 count has been around for a while. Mm -hmm. It's just been repurposed. (laughs) <laughs> but I think that like Ellie t- sort of well I I think she's amazing in all the stuff that she can do but she maybe does feel a bit like she thinks she's invented drag a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, think- I've come up with this new dance move it's called a death drop, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so true <laughs> she's definitely invented that silhouette though that's for sure mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and that dress that has like the bottom and then the gap and then the what's that thing like this the, the suspenders gown like the chaps. it's like a it's like a chaps yeah, yeah it's like a rhinestone chaps which in my mind sounds delicious and in, in the execution of it is less put delicious. that on beans on toast <laughs> yeah <laughs> put that on some beans on toast you're so right uh, i didn't know Lawrence cheney was only 23 no my god because it seems like there's about 40, even the way like Ellie Diamond and 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 her will be talking, they're like, you would swear that there was like 40 years between. Them. <laughs> mm, I know. <laughs> Especially so when you how... see that picture of like young Lawrence Cheney look like, looking like a long lost Healy Ray. 
<laughs> well, when I saw the young Ellie Diamond, I was like, was that last week? Like, yeah. it was so recent. <laughs> So recent. I can be all. I can be all of their dads. Jiminy <laughs> is the oldest at twenty-seven. Then Taste was twenty-six. Lawrence twenty-three, and Ellie was twenty-one. That is, like I definitely thought Ooh. Bimini and Lawrence were. Oh my god! So older. they go like in reverse height to age order. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think so. There, there's no, there's no physical device to be able to measure how tall Ellie is. No, no. Um, she's like ninety-seven foot she's, tall. Yeah, she's a point seven five of a RuPaul tall. She's really tall. <laughs> Part of the edit that I was like, this is Bimini's in the bag, like, you know, reason number 409, was she really gave it gusto in that Tic Tac lunch, you know, talking yeah. about the boost she got because the anniversary of the return of the competition was her friend's death anniversary and then how she overcame a drug abuse. You know, I was like, she, she is save- she's been saving all this for this Tic Tac lunch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She had the cork in her mouth and she just pulled the cork out and was like, here's everything you want, Rue. <laughs> Bang. And I was like, and I was like, what do you with my husband going? That was flawless. Yeah. She just was so, I was like, that was flawless. Yeah, absolutely. Saved it all up. She... Finished it, put the cork back in, walked back. <laughs> Yeah. She probably, she, maybe she needed to actually actively mention the inner saboteur in order to be able to win. Like she actually, mm. she had to have, the, she actually had to, she didn't just suggest an inner saboteur she actually be like I had one Rue and then you'd be like okay yeah. I see that crane for your head Michelle's got the bingo pen on the RuPaul bingo and she was like <laughs> she missed the inner saboteur Rue so it's gonna be Lawrence's okay <laughs> yeah Lawrence got the bully in there a few times that's that's like double points on the bingo yeah. <laughs> Uh, so then we're into the choreo section and I actually thought it was a really nice moment when Lawrence froze and Ellie was like you know what to do and like gave her the gave her like the little gestures and it sort of wound it back up to finish it all off like i thought that was a really nice moment yeah i felt kind of sorry for lawrence because like you had the other three are really great dancers you had bimini out there looking like sonya blade from mortal Kombat, and meanwhile lawrence is like sonya from eastenders but like they <laughs> like I, I i i thought that was lovely the way they all were supporting each other and actually just i suppose shows that there is that depth of a relationship between between ellie and lawrence and even the fact that like like Ellie brought up the stuff about the running order both during the um like when they were having their little chat at the the like the, the the workroom and then again on the main stage and in his like his podcasting like it shows that you know obviously that was something that was playing in his mind and yeah no I think it was it was nice to see that that like was kind of heartwarming to see mm. it was name checked yeah. as one of the goops of the series apparently yeah I don't know I think when you're in it maybe you think it's more than it is yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and are you yeah <laughs> there's definitely a bond there to that point there's definitely a bond there and I think it was slightly fractured during the uh you know when Ellie was putting everyone into the order that she felt was right and it's a competition mm-hmm. you know and fair dues I think Tace and Bimini saw it as a competition sat back in that moment and watched the other girls literally go off like fireworks yeah um and so i think i think you know they've got a bond there and ellie was you know going back to those early like my first ever email i ever wrote when i was born i wrote to you lawrence yeah you know that moment (laughs) so you know i actually though i would say that um with lawrence i kind of looking back on that now i'm a bit more forgiving of the like way that lawrence behaved because in my mind lawrence was like 35 like (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so I was like, I know, grow up a bit. But I'm actually, okay, actually 23, that's fully reasonable that you would get like that ticked <laughs> off and something like that. 
<laughs> That's very true, actually, James. You get to a point where you give zero fucks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it comes with... There's a maturity that comes with giving zero fucks. It takes a yeah, while. Yeah, exactly, yeah. It comes with... I look you, forward you... to getting there. <laughs> <laughs> it takes a while and a lot, a lot of moisturiser as well. <laughs> when you get there, Re- Retinol, retinol, 2%, you know? Loads of... Just every morning, <laughs> paint it on with, like, a massive paintbrush. Do you just wake up and go... <laughs> Where are my fucks gone? Oh my god, I don't have any fucks to give. Perfect. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And then you get on with your day and it's wonderful. <laughs> I look forward. I'll text you when it happens. <laughs> I can't wait. No, you won't because you won't give a fuck. I will be there when it happens. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, okay, well, I think it's time to get into the, the, the performance of A Little Bit of Love. Um, so people who've been watching were had a survey at the, at the opening screen who did our viewers think <gasps> was the best performance Let's... while you look at that james sean who did you think did the best in the in the in the rap um i i just loved i was mesmerized by taste yeah. the whole thing just blew me away everything just nailed it yeah i, I think so too I, I would I would say you're strongly on the side of of the people who are who are hanging out with us. I'll share the results so we can all have a look. Um, <laughs> so Tace, like actually undoubtedly, Tace was first of all. Who did you want to win? Bimini Bambulish. Exactly. At least there's a few people there. I'm who glad, are, who yeah, are there's happy. four people here who wanted Florence to win. At least not everyone here <laughs> <Yeah>. is disappointed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, uh, God, how often I say that in my bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, so the, the best song performance, it was Taste, though. Like, Taste was the the star of that performance. Her dancing was phenomenal. I thought her lyrics were the best. And yeah, she looked amazing. Uh, the one thing I am going to call out, though, is like, so, Michelle, you recognize that as a David Bowie mullet? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, so true. Well done, yeah. Jones. Well done. Yeah. Full circle. Full circle from episode one. And we're back in the room. Yeah. Oh, I know. I yeah, just like, you know, Bimini had some great moves in her in her part. But I just think she overcomplicated it because there was the part where she was supposed to do the snake that she kind of just was like, it was just sort of a bit of a jerk and she moved on. So yeah. I think it was less is more. Taste had fewer things and she managed to really give them a lot of attack and execute them like flawlessly. It was, Taste was really pacey. She worked the floor really well. It just felt, it felt really, it felt like a production. It felt like a performance. Um, the, I really liked the, the rap and the lip. I, for me, it was Taste, yeah. hands down. But what I, do I know? <laughs> I, I, I wonder if part of it is that Tace kind of was there understanding that maybe she, like she felt like the pressure to win was off her. So she kind of was freer to kind of just do what she would normally do. Whereas the other three, I think really felt like they're, they were, were definitely in the game. And like, even they said it in the, get like when they were getting ready, like, oh, Bimini, you're like the front runner. So that additional pressure on top of you, like that, that must like sort of, you know, make you freak out if you start missing yours. Because I saw she stopped lip syncing at one point as well. And it was kind of like, mm. I think she missed a few wor- few lyrics. I'd say that that pressure must have, um, like that must have just been hard to handle. Whereas Tace, on the other hand, she's like, here I go. It's like Barry Island all over again. <laughs> totally. I would have said the, the second best was Lawrence because although the, the dance moves weren't necessarily off the chart, I thought, again, he got that, you know, real charisma across in, in the vocals and you knew it was exactly Lawrence Cheney and all he had to do was a bit of finger pointing and waving around and he delivered it. So like, I definitely would have thought he was second best just in that performance. Yeah, definitely. That's the one I enjoyed. Um, of the ones who I felt could win, I thought that Lawrence probably did the best job. 
yeah, I'm, maybe I'm with you, maybe I'm not with you. Um, it's just because, I don't know, I, I do, I'm just, I'm skewed, I have a fog when it comes to Bimini, that's the problem. And I think Rue has a, has a fog when it comes to Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Like, there's been numerous occasions where Lawrence has really balls up and probably should have been in the bottom two or more, and Rue's kind of brushed over it a little. yeah. yeah. A little bit, Lawrence Cheney! And just been like, let's all laugh it off um, and ignore some of the... But I I do think it's what's... The thing you can tell with Lawrence is that a lot of the problems that Lawrence is having are in their own head. And it, it comes from like a stress place. Like the talent is there and like when they connect with what they're doing, they're so good. And you can really see that. And I just, you sort of feel sorry for them when you want them to do so well. Yeah. Um, but I mean, mm. that's, that's the truth. That's true for all the queens in this competition, really. And that's like one of the beauties about the casting was that you connected with all of them so much, so quickly. And like even the sort of more, you know, kind of forgettable ones like Sister, Sister and that, like you you, you did have kind of something, you, there was something about her that you still were like, you wanted to see her do well. And like you wanted to see her, like you wanted to see that side of her that Rue would see and to put her on the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting. That I, I was, I was like doing a bit of like roving reporting yesterday. I was on the phone to a friend in the US, and I was like, "How's it going down in the US?" And they were all like, "Oh my god, season 13's been going on for nine years." <laughs> we were like, "Yep, it's definitely been going on for nine years, and one queen is left." Um, and but they said they thought that Rue had got beef with Tace. Ooh, oh, you know, Naomi that. Smalls also said that on uh, Purse First Impressions that there was a few things that Rue critiqued Tace on that she was like, but there's loads of other queens who are doing it as well that you're not calling them out on. Mm. Just, I'm just I'm just saying, I heard it. On the great line. Really, really poor just, journalism. But, <laughs> yeah. but we're, no, not, we're not journalists. It's, so it's fine. No, that's it, yeah. No, I'm not a journalist. Don't fact check us. Just, Don't fact check us. <laughs> my sentence like starts with allegedly, it ends with allegedly, <laughs> and in the middle there is just gay gossip. <laughs> All right? That's it. So don't come for me. Don't at me. Don't come for me. I'm just saying, this is what I heard in a phone call. But I Do love you think Tace's dad got Rue fired out of Wham? <laughs> Maybe they like yeah. She, she was meant know, to be the original Pepsi. He cockblocks Rue trying to shift George Michael or something that, in Studio that's Fifty Four or something. Yeah. Yeah. Allegedly. 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 <laughs> uh, let's. Uh, how did you find Ellie's verse, James? Um. So I've had the same problem with Ellie the entire season, and it, it kind of is that she. She is so good at watching... It's that she hasn't matured enough. Like, she hasn't found her own character enough. And a lot of what she's doing is kind of a caricature of, like, the queens that she's seen on Drag Race. So she's kind of giving you a little bit of, like, what the flavours of the, like, the, the most successful Drag Race contestants are. Like, I think once she kind of stops that and starts being herself... She'll be really unstoppable because she's her makeup's amazing. Her costumes are really, really good. She has huge amounts of skills. When she does let her guard down, she is very funny. She's caring. She's nice. So I, that's kind of what I think about her. So her her verse felt like it could have basically been cut and paste from like cliche clips from any other RuPaul finisher song. Like that's what I felt about it. I tend to agree. I have to tend to agree on this one. I think because she's come from a point where you're right, she's... Her first season was season six in the US. She's watched 10 billion YouTube tutorials on makeup. She looks amazing. She's put together. I want a bit of edge. I kind of want to go mm-hmm. hang out in Dundee in somewhere quite questionable and like, yeah. you know, live a bit. And then I think <laughs> I then I think you'll get an edgier Ellie Diamond. But um, I, I think, and that's what I, I, I want. 
I think that's all there though as well because like like she has this backstory of like the 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 strife that she's gone through with her parents to struggle to be herself. Like I think it's all there. I think it's just a case of like maybe I'm going to be here. This is I, I I'm the new Eckhart Tolle. It's going to be like she just needs a bit of a bit of like introspection, and I think she kind of just needs to to stop trying to emulate what she thinks will make her successful and just start being herself. Yeah, I think she's mm. she's still trying to fit in and she's not trying to stand out, whereas the rest are trying to stand out, I feel. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, we'll send we'll send this clip to Ellie so that she can take her yeah. to the <laughs> Send it to her on a t-shirt. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> can I just say, James, you are way more succinct than Eckhart Tolle, so great. You've got yeah. way more chance to like, it, get yeah. on Oprah next. I don't need a book. I've just got a pamphlet. Come on, Oprah, get yeah. me on. Totally. Send, me that, send me that pamphlet. <laughs> This is What Would You Do If? The podcast to answer all of your What Would You Do If? questions. It's Callum and Jess here, and every week we look at how we'd handle different situations. Before finding out what you should do if you're in them. So far we've looked at... What would you do if you saw someone stealing? A bear attacked you. The baby started choking. You were stuck in a lift. You can hear those episodes and loads more on headstuffpodcast.com with a new one every Monday. Uh, okay, well, let's go on to the runway looks. So um, our viewers here thought that Bimini had the best look. I think I'd agree with that. I think she looked pretty kick-ass. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I loved the fact that, like, the tie-in of, like, this was, you know, the, the end of a couture show was always bridal and, you know, she wanted to do something like that and she really did bring that kind of, like, grungy East London look to it and it also was, like, really perfect. Like, everything in it was so put together perfectly and all the details were thought of. I, I loved it. I thought she looked really good. Yeah. And she looked really sexy as well. Yeah, she did. She looked banging, like the corsetry, the hair, it was a bit witchy at times. You've got that kind of like play on bridal, like at the end of a show. Um, yeah, it, it was couture It felt put together. And there is definitely that post-COVID bimini that suddenly mm-hmm. came back and was almost like the, the looks just went off the yeah. chart. And that, and that look for the finale I thought was wonderful the one thing i have to say about her like runway walk was i think it might have had the weakest ever rupaul pun where he's like she's like an east london kate moss and i'm like i think kate moss might be the east london kate moss <laughs> or is kate moss from a different part of london like i i i don't know i was like i don't understand this i don't think well, i love you reading rue for his london geography when you're not even well no sure then i yourself. realize i'm like i'm like i can't make him edit this out there's people watching <laughs> But I, I'll be honest with you, James, I thought the same thing, which is I thought, I think the East London Kate Moss is Kate Moss. But then I thought, but is she? Oh, that was <laughs> Coming next week, it's a true crime podcast. Where is... <laughs> I have to say, I was delighted that we got a full length, touches the floor, gown from ellie diamond it was something i've been kind of asking for all season and we finally got it i thought she looked beautiful i think it was one of my favorite things it was very similar to uh, she looked extremely similar to and maybe this is because i'm like read i'm I'm like looking at her for like ways in which she's interpreting oh thank you very much kate moss is from croydon in south london so there we go kate moss is the south london kate moss whereas um 
Bimini Bamboo Lashes, the East London Kate Moss. Um, we just need a, a North and a West one and we'll be complete. But <laughs> I, I thought that it looked exactly like the dress that Jinx wore when she won season five. And I kind of like, that's what I saw when I was like, I was like, oh, there she is. She's like gone back and picked a winner's dress and she sort of has recreated it. I thought she looked lovely. Um, I just, oh, I'm gonna, I, I know, but you know, my mum said to me, if you don't have something nice to say, don't say at all. <laughs> Great podcast content, that is. Your mum obviously wasn't a podcaster. <laughs> she wasn't a podcaster. No, she wasn't now. <laughs> she looked really nice. Next. <laughs> well, next up is Lawrence Cheney. I kind of appreciated the idea of like the aubergine coloured drag racing overalls, but it didn't scream finale to me. I'm good. I agree with you. It, got, it gave me a bit of like Emma Peel from the Avengers. I got the racer's pun. I mean, it was there in spades. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I, I, I liked it. Was it finale? I don't think so. I thought it looked more like a promo shot look because like you've got like the, the drag well, race. She, she wore that color it. in the promo as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, mm. I um, I I genuinely thought that that she, the color on her looked beautiful, and I like enjoyed the fact that she had her repeater badges in her ears. So I like I, yeah, I that thought that great. she looked great, but it but I didn't. You are right. I don't think it kind of was like it didn't wow me in that sort of like oh my god, this is like a this is a stunning outfit that I'm gonna remember forever. Like I think that like we'll get into talking about the other looks, but the 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 only look I think overall apart from Ginny Lemons that I will be like oh wow that is like an iconic look was Joe Blackthorn with the the like the kind of the like. The blue, with the blue Peter ship, wasn't it? Yes, I just like. Oh, you mean? Oh, you mean in the final? I thought you meant in the in the heats where he was that being blown away. <laughs> oh no, that one I did love that one as well. <laughs> maybe, maybe uh, Lawrence was going for the, you know, in the credits of RuPaul, you see Ru in the racer's outfit with the flag. She is the ultimate racer, and maybe he was like, "I'm, I'm the next generation of racer." Um, and that may be his logic for doing that Luke. Yeah, I actually, I did think yeah. it was just, I, 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 Bimini's was my favourite and that was definitely my second favourite. Um, I thought that Tace's was a bit, like, Tace looked amazing. Her body was phenomenal. Like, her makeup was absolutely unbelievable. But it felt a bit basic. Because um, it was just a bodysuit with some kind of, Tasic. like, foxtails hanging off it. It was Tasic, <laughs> exactly. Move over to your coffee. You're no longer the Baroness's basic. <laughs> Taste has taken it over. It was it it was body oddy oddy though, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, it was like bonkers. But you're right; it basically yeah. was by being in a massive pair of tights. Yeah, and I like I felt like what you'd been wearing in the performance was much more dynamic looking. So I think she would like I think that that would have been more like as a kind of like a wow moment. Like that would have been probably a better thing to go mm-hmm. for if she was going to just wear a bodysuit for the for the final one way. I don't just kept reminding me of rats the rats the rusical where like Tia Coffee had like a whole tail and there was like rats coming off her. I just thought those black bits of hair were just creatures or urchins or something. I was like, oh, taste. <laughs> you've looked what? sexier for whichever <laughs> other runway. You're, you've 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 touched on something very special there. Actually, if Bimini had worn a massive ear on her back, <laughs> she would have won. Yeah, that's, that's how you win. Is, you just put a, a huge ear. ear right on your back. If you've grown it yeah. yourself, all the better, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you, I, and do you know what? In East London, that's possible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the East London Kate Moss has a massive ear on her back. That's how you ear can tell her apart from the South London Kate. And Kate that's Moss. how you win. <laughs> yeah. Um, someone has asked, they wonder what um, Vinegar would have to say about the bodysuit. Have, have we been Ooh. following that Vinegar Ooh. strokes? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> have we been following that well, vinegar strokes drama i if, for people who haven't do you want to do a bit of a recap yeah do a recap james i'm glad you're gonna do the recap <laughs> um i mean I, I let's just say that i i'm trying to like figure it out vinegar wasn't vinegar was on a podcast or was on like a live stream with tea coffee and someone else whose name has gone out of my head and had some relatively uh, some fairly unsavory choice words for um for taste all over kind of like basically said she went to drag race with a a, a bag load of stuff she just wear at brunch and then basically said the only decent runway she she had was the one that she had a horror make for her and made like a joke about how a horror like uh, she'd let a horror sucker cock and then that's why she'd um and then that's how she'd ended up with that like it was all very sort of bitter quite bitter i would say um is how it came off to me uh, and i kind of think that you know vinegar that's a pretty big glass house you're standing in there when it comes to uh, assessing other people's looks <laughs> I'm just going to go back to what my mum yeah, used to say. I knew you were going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, um, don't wear badly drawn pictures of the Thames on your... <laughs> my mum my used to say, if you go down a runway and things fall off you, be careful <laughs> yeah. about judging other queens. <laughs> yeah. She said it once, she said it a thousand times. Yeah. She's, she was smart, my mum, I tell you. <laughs> Head of the Thames curve. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, taste, taste wasn't great, but she's looked better. But I think maybe she had just at that point been like, I'm not going to win. I'll save my finale look for something else. Or yeah. Maybe she'd already worn it. Mm. I don't know. Um, did you guys feel that Graham Norton got a lot more time on the panel than Alan Carr did? Yeah, but he was saying mean things. So that's why he got more time. Whereas <laughs> Alan Carr was kind of just being nice to everyone. Whereas Graham was kind of like, you know, he's like, what are you wearing? Those knickers look gross. And, you know, you, you need to get a personality for yourself, love. And like he was, I can't even remember who he said that to or if he said that to anyone. But I felt like he was being, like, I, I felt like a lot of times on the finale, the, the the judging panel is just like nice to everyone. And that does get a bit boring. And I liked the fact that there was a bit, there were a bit more cutting in the critiques and actually kind of, you know, getting into it a bit with them um, and I just thought that that Alan was sort of just nicer to them so Graham got his screen time yeah I, but I prefer Graham I like I just think Alan's funny but he just he doesn't have any bite to what he said like there's no constructive criticism there whereas I feel Graham's is actually constructive it is sometimes mm-hmm. he definitely got more airtime. He definitely got more airtime. That is the truth. <laughs> yeah. If we if we're going down to just the you know the nitty gritty of detail, mm. he got more airtime. Yeah. No, I do. I, sure. I I hope someone has a word with Michelle Visage about leaning heavily into these tinsel wigs. I just am not here for it. It's like Adrienne on season one of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. It just looks tacky, you know? The Maloof hoof, it's not a good look. And it just is distracting because every time it goes for her, her like her whole head is glistening in the um <coughs> in the in the the glow, the glow cast by RuPaul. I'm am I the only one you who did. noticed that? <laughs> yeah. No but you you have made me think of something else because because uh, you were so hair. bored, you thought of something else. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I just, I just, James, I just drifted off. That's why I'm the most awful guest you'll ever have. But um, I was thinking about that bit where Lawrence is in the interview. What's it called? The podcasty bit. And he looked like that character from Babylon Five with his hair, like Longo <laughs> Malari. Like I was like, 
wow, that's a, such a do. And I was, I was, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. But I was like, wow, that is a do, Lawrence. I want to know what, that like, is, is that Lawrence's natural hair? Like, is that what his hair actually does? Well, in the in the Queen's of Quarantine, doesn't he say he's bleaching it to get it the same colour it was the first time he went on? So I don't think that's, I don't think I don't he woke know. up like that. But it looks like it was made on the Great Pottery Throwdown. Like... <laughs> <laughs> There is, there's a serious structure to it. Yeah. It wouldn't be blowing He's definitely been, he's definitely been putting a, his hair has definitely been putting a kill. Yeah. Is, <laughs> <laughs> one undeadly, your mother used to say it. <laughs> that hair has definitely been putting a kill. <laughs> it's one of my mum's favourite sentences, that hair has definitely been putting a kill. I mean, Rue is pushing on now in years and they, they or he decided to hold up the picture frames and I could see him shaking and I was like for God's sake get the man a fucking PowerPoint presentation and a pointer because the the little biceps were shaking with each picture that's what RuPaul he's, needs more more PowerPoints he's got, um, he's got arms like Jade Jolie you know Jade Jolie <laughs> oh, yeah. can only ever lift up to two pounds in weights he's <laughs> got the same arms as Jade Jolie <laughs> I, I I see that, yeah. I didn't notice the like the the shaking in the wind, RuPaul. And the thing I thought you were going to talk about was like the hats and wigs, because I saw a rumor that the hats and wigs being worn throughout the season, this season and thirteen, is because there's going to be a bit of like um, facial sculpting going on, and it's to like cover up scars. Oh really? Well, actually, though, I think that you can't allegedly. wear a wig. Allegedly, allegedly, but you can't you can't wear a wig though after you um after you do something like that. So that may or may not be true. Who knows? Joe, we missed. Apologies. All the queens came back at the middle eighth of the song. Oh. What a moment! Oh. I got goosebumps. Oh my god! Me too. Me too. It was. I, I was like, this is what it feels like for straight men in the FA Cup final. <laughs> like all the queens appeared. I was like, I'm gonna cry. I don't want to laugh. I'm literally all my hairs are stood. Oh on my end. god! I yes. I I completely forgot. And it was so funny to watch them all there, stood in the two rows with like Ginny and Joe at the back. Like, yeah, two it was like the, the nanas back, in the back. The boat. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, um, amazing, really amazing. I was really touched by yeah, that. Yeah, and I actually thought totally it was like because I wasn't expecting it at all because obviously like the COVID restrictions and stuff, and it was lovely for Veronica to get mm. like a bit of time back. Although I, I guarantee that obviously wasn't her like finale gown. She's obviously saving her finale yeah. gown for 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 next Season time. Um, the one thing I did notice with all the queens back when they were in the back of the lineup was how small some of them were. Like, you see tiny Ginny Lemon stood next to, like, the huge tea of coffee. Yeah. Just very stark. Mm. Very stark. Very good And stark. also, Ver- Veronica Greenback, you know? Veronica Do we think that was Ginny Lemon's final look? I would imagine it could have been. Yeah. It's so hard to know. I have to say, I loved when they did the runway and she walked and walked like <laughs> yeah. straight away. This is why I love Ginny Lemon. Oh, I'm so good. <laughs> No, she's mega. She's really mega. And it wouldn't surprise me if that was her final look. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's yeah. trademark Ginny Lemon. Trademark, trademark Lemon. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I, I thought that it was great to see her actually invited back because there was a bit of me that thought that they would just be like, no, you're not allowed. Sorry, you've, you, you've, um, you've done a Willem. You're out of here. You're not allowed mm-hmm. to ever return to the set. And that would have been a real shame because she is like, she brought something so different to Drag Race. That there's, like, there's never been a queen like her in Drag Race. And, you know, after her, there may very never, may very well never be a queen like her on Drag Race again. Yeah. 
all the queens left the series with a badge, but it wasn't a Rupee Peter badge. It was arguably a badge that looked even nicer than a Rupee Peter badge. The QBE badge. High camp. Loved it. High Gorgeous. camp. Gorgeous. I can't yeah. wait to get online and buy one. <laughs> so I can join them all. <laughs> they didn't really give... Was is just because it was in the pandemic? Or none of the... Is, is that it going forward? There's going to be no more QBE badges ever? Is this going to just be a footnote in history? I think that probably Rue will do them every every year in the Christmas address. I'm mm. assuming Rue's taking over from the Queen now that we hate that the Queen is cancelled because of Meghan. <laughs> <laughs> so true. <laughs> Dumb. Dumb. Yeah. Cancelled. Overbaked. Everything. I was expecting it to be a Bimini and Lawrence final. So I was surprised that Tace was in amongst them for the final lip sync. Yeah. I was too. I was, I mean, I don't know. I, I felt sorry for Ellie because I felt like there was no way that Tate was going to win. Yeah. So they could have just been like, let's not single out Ellie and be like, <laughs> yeah, off you go. But <laughs> the, the big girls are playing now. Like, I think it could have been a two person, um, a, a two person final and that would have been perfect. Yeah. I do feel that poor Tace has had a, a real run of quite substandard lip sync songs. I mean, she's a lip sync serial killer. And and I, at times I'm like, oh my gosh, she has to lip sync to this. Uh, and I've loved all the songs, but I just think uh, you, you, when you really wind Tace up, she can go, yeah. as we saw in the performance. And I just, I just think at times she's it's not been on her side, the lip syncs. No, because she, she got two sort of ballady songs and she did a beautiful job with them. But th- like, I suppose there's only so many ways you can perform that. And, and like, by the time you got to the Steps song, you kind of knew her moves a little bit. Um, mm. It would have been nice to see her something that she could kind of open up and like properly dance to, like we saw a bit of in the performance, definitely. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but like, Bimini kills the lip sync. The little Morris dancing and everything. I was like... She has this. See, I, I just, I, uh, I'm baffled. The only yeah. reason, the only thing I think that could have won in Lawrence's favour is just before the lip sync started, which was I'm Still Standing by Elton John, which I think is my favourite Elton John song. I was like, oh yeah, this is about a fucking YouTube series or Web Presents series. And I was like, Lawrence will do a better job at that series now than Bimini will. It's, they're all <laughs> going to be shit, but Lawrence will be the least shit. So maybe that's why. Yes. Did, that is a really good point. Sean, did you watch the Vivian Goes to Hollywood? Okay. <laughs> As my mum would say. <laughs> As my mum would say. I did watch that show and it was very nice. <laughs> I, I think that... I hope that they've learned from the Vivian Goes to Hollywood that they should just try and make a straight up like docu-series rather than trying to have something that is like a, like that was kind of like a mockumentary style that didn't really take off and like that sort of, in a way, like undermined the the, the, the winning of the, I don't know. I, it was, it mm. wasn't, it wasn't I'm, great. And I hope they just go with like I'm a gonna, I'm going to go against every sinew of my body with this. The Vivian show started with her saying, 
This is gonna be me, raw, unscripted, and then it was completely not raw and completely scripted. It was overcooked and scripted to within an inch of its life. Absolutely. And it had all these, like, the weird bits of all the, like, they're trying to, like, show all the, like, celebrities who had their, like, other jobs. Like, your man from Mean Girls was, like, a taxi driver. And it was, oh, I don't know. These, it wasn't very good, was it? But you, to go back to the point, I think you are right. Because if you drop Lawrence into Hollywood as this kind of, like, bumbling comedy scott it will land yeah it's, and that could it's be kind of where this... lawrence will excel and that's sort of just off the cuff just him being himself and it, it could mm. be a five out of ten yeah but I, I do think as well that it's important that vivian does have an enormous amount of charisma and is a brilliant performer so i, I think that like she was somewhat hampered by like by a poor script. concept yeah, yeah. like i because i think that you forget that because it's like i um i've been watching her on fashion photo review and yeah, you see she's her been when great. she's in they've been yeah, very so- they've been very tooting when they probably shouldn't have been tooting but <laughs> yeah. i sidebar i have seen the vivian perform um and just just for your listeners and viewers I saw the Vivian perform in Birmingham pre-COVID at Halloween. So the Halloween before COVID, which is now about 7,000 years ago. <laughs> so, um, and she was performing at one of the bars. And on that weekend, there was four things happening. It was Halloween, Diwali. It was the Star Trek convention in Birmingham. And Cher was performing. And it was one of the biggest shit shows I've ever come across in my life. It was amazing. But it was like gay end of days. <laughs> I was like, I'm never, ever ever getting out of Birmingham. It was just like that. But the, the Vivian, amazing performer. I will give it to, I will give her that. I have seen her with my own two eyes. Amazing performer. Yeah. No, I, I I saw her in Sparkles Nightclub, Grand Canaria, hashtag RIP Sparkles. So so tragic that it's gone now. But and she was amazing. And she could like she could get a a crowd of like oversexed homosexuals who were there for the dark rooms and families with their children out for like a long day on the beach and she could play to both audiences perfectly like she she has it all um although i'm, I'm very excited about the idea of this star trek convention diwali um <laughs> halloween party that you're Ca- oh, category is you. star wars halloween diwali share concert <laughs> that, the house down. that is a category in season three <laughs> which is like share star trek convention diwali halloween realness it's reveal within a reveal within a reveal yeah <laughs> I, I know what I know what the look is because the, the the pinnacle for me after I like my brain's gonna pull out of my ears was I came out of it and there was someone on a mobility scooter dressed like um, it going oh. up this street <laughs> and we all clocked this character and he, and this character just turned to and went hi Georgie like Penny, Pennywise and I was like, I need to leave. Is yeah Pennywise yeah. and I was like I need to leave Birmingham <laughs> I need to leave that. not a joke just a fact not a joke just a fact. <laughs> Um, so yeah that that's it Lauren Shaney is season 2 winner the first big girl to win so I think that is is notable I think and it's yeah. nice it's going to Scotland but I also think there would have been an equally good narrative with Bimini and her gender non-conforming identity and kind of she is kind of more of a future of drag I would say whereas Lawrence is kind of more classic is that fair? I would agree absolutely uh, I do think it is like worth noting like that this in the the shows however many year history now like this is the first time that a like a, a big girl has won um and that like that in itself is is like a progress but I yeah I don't know I think you're right about Bimini is it does feel more like where drag is going next mm. um whereas Lawrence feels more kind of like I suppose even kind of back to where it has been 
And actually, That's I think Bimini is more of a drag race winner in terms of the US than Lawrence is. So maybe this is Rue flexing his drag muscle and being able to see outside of his own universe. I mean, the numbers, Bimini's numbers on the socials are mm-hmm. off the chart, quite frankly. And so Bimini is a winner at the end of this because the crossover, the US crossover is insane, quite frankly. Um, and it also leaves her open to come back to an All-Stars. That's what I was just thinking. And I, 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 that would be quite clever by Rue to be like, right, I could drop this girl into a all, into a US All-Stars or into a like a international All-Stars and she would definitely do very well. And she has what it takes. Um, yeah, and would bring an audience with her wherever she's going to be going next. Okay, let's do bop or flop. Um, Sean, do you want to talk us through what bop or flop is and how it came about? Sure, I'd love to. Um, so um, every once in a while on Unflopped, we take all our listener suggestions and we put them in a big list and we listen to them on the show and we decide whether they're a bop or a flop. It's not a complicated concept. It's just high concept. So, um, so yeah, so bop or flop really is we're going to listen to a bunch of songs and then we're going to decide whether it's a bop or a flop. Okay. So you guys played this on, on Flopped. We thought it'd be a fun crossover to do at the live show with some of the RuPaul songs. Uh, so James is going to be our DJ in residence. This is, this uh, is where... James looks really stressed. <laughs> I have to say about this. James, you're no this Connor Behan, the... James, I'm afraid. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I need, I need to get one of those clown filters that he likes to have on so that I can yeah. be, so he can be <laughs> shielded from the redness of my face when I have to go from microphone to screen share to... Okay, we're, we're so, going to get into it, people. We're going to yeah, get into it. Get into, okay, so while James is, is off there, there'll be like a little little survey that will pop up, um, a little poll, and you can say whether it's pop or flop while Sean and I chat about whether we believe it's a pop or flop. So the first song... Uh, we're going to listen to is Super Queen, which was the song on the runway of All Stars 4. I put this one forward to get the bopper flop treatment because I absolutely loved it. And I found myself prancing around my living room dancing to it, even though there's very few words. Okay, I love this song. Um, whilst at times it can be a little repetitive, that's how music is. Music is repetitive, and therefore I love it. I think Super Queen is bloody brilliant, and it's t- for me. I don't want to influence all of you out there by being such a you know, you know, oracle of music, but um, I think it's a bop. Yeah, no, I think so too, and I don't know what it is like because it's just a repeated chorus over and over again, um, and then there she's bopping, she's baking. So she's a super queen. She's a super queen. She's what more do you want? Super queen. Super queen. Yeah. <laughs> key, there's a key change. There's you know there's repetition. Mm. What, what, what more do you want? want? And it's the word super queen. Yeah. It was on the Christmas album. Doesn't sound Christmassy, but is a eternal pop song. Well, I don't know what you do for Christmas, yeah. Ian. <laughs> uh, what do you think, James? Uh, well, I I do like it. I think it's really good. It's one of it's it's one of my um, favorite of the like runway songs. I, I I enjoy it. I do listen to it when I when I be out running. It's on my playlist. It's... Can we look at the, Can we see whether the polls work? Yeah. I mean, can we can see what people think about Super Queen because I think they're all just humming it in their head. Okay, Ooh, that, that's pretty overwhelming. Yes, that's the benefit of it's... being so incredibly repetitive. <laughs> yeah. 
for for those queens that sat doing their headspace meditation and they've got silence as they close their eyes all they can hear is she's a super queen on loop in their head everyone's got it in their head at all times so uh, the next song uh, james put forward it's mighty love i think it was runway theme for season 11 and i actually hadn't heard this song in fall until i had to listen to it for this So, Sean, are you a fan? No. <laughs> I thought the shake was just, was just, you were in the moment. Do you, you see what I did the there? Shake. Do you see what I did there? I incorporated. You answered dance through dance. That was and fantastic. a response yeah. into one thing. So, it was a really elaborate no. Uh, would you like to expand on the no? Or are you yeah, worried? Yeah, I'd love to, because I can just see how shocked James is. So, I'd love to. Nothing would make me happier and see why James is so shocked. So I've got my notepad here because I'm literally a thousand years old. So um, so I wrote, it's overproduced, but it's a Rue track, yeah. so. <laughs> that Go comes with the territory. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I said there was too much fry, that like, there's too much fry in it for me. So it's a flop from Sean from Unflopped. I have to say, I would also say it's a flop because it is a really decent course. And then it just sort of, disappears into the chasms of boring until you get to the chorus again and you're like oh yeah okay that's fine key and you should come on and flop babe you'd be great i'm waiting for the invite sean let me let me just make a note of that in my notebook uh james you defend the song you chose it why do you believe it should be bopped well this is why i'll never get an invite into unflopped because all i can say is it's brilliant it's really good. It's so catchy. Do and like you're our waiting. Agree you're with waiting. You? You're, no, no one agrees to me. <laughs> everyone, everyone says it's a flop. <laughs> oh no, that was closer than Super Queen. But yeah. I'm gonna, oh. I'm gonna end the meeting. That's it. <laughs> you're all kicked out. Yeah. Get on home. No, I think it's, I think it's a super catchy. Like it's so catchy and fun. And you're waiting for like you know it's coming. And it, it's, I, I, I don't know. Like you, when it gets to that chorus, you know you're. Oh, I don't know. You're both wrong. James, James, I love you, but it's like one step above white noise. No, it's at least four. Sixty-five <laughs> percent of our listeners disagree with you, unfortunately. So time to move on. We're going to stick with season eleven, though. This time it is the cast ensemble single. Let's go to the questions uh, the people have been asking throughout the show. Uh, there's a few. Uh, the first one, an anonymous attendee asked, "Which queens would you believe would be for a united Ireland?" Straight off the bat with a political question. This is it. We're going we're gonna to go right to you, Sean. Get into it. We're breaking up the union. Which of those queens do you think is most for United Ireland? Sister, sister. <laughs> You're right. She is a political agitator. Was that, she was, is a political was agitator. That the, yeah. the, you know, the, the border of Northern Ireland around her mouth the whole time. That we did. Her mouth was Loch Ness. That's what she's done if you get close enough. Someone actually did do that on. Um, someone did a, a TikTok video. Someone just mentioned that in the in the chat there about that which queens would be for a United Ireland. I didn't watch it, but I did intend to watch it. I feel like Lawrence Cheney might be, you know, kind of you know good Nicola Sturgeon energy, you know. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> uh, Veronica Green has Irish background, so you never know where her her allegiances lie. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's got the word green in her name. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> 
Emma asked, uh, <laughs> do we think Rita Ora should now be banned from every Drag Race show after she was... Yes, this is the rumor, right? That Rita Ora was supposed to be the guest last week, but she didn't show up. This is why we got McKay on the panel. So do you think she should be uninvited from any future drag races? Yeah, yeah uninvited. Absolutely. I mean, Mickey, Mickey was a mannequin and was more entertaining. So <laughs> yeah, brilliant. Her yeah. standout quote from when she was on the US was, I really like personality. And I mean, that really says it all. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, I'm sorry, no. Bye, no. Rita. I'm. I. I just don't like that. That I. I. I just don't like that it implies that she thinks she's so much better than the the show by not showing up. Um. I. I don't particularly enjoy her comedy stylings on the Mass Singer when herself and Jonathan Ross are trying to like gag it up together. But yeah, we can do without her now. You know, get Jessie J back. Where's she gone? We haven't seen her oh, in no. ages. No, Jessie <laughs> I know that the clip where she's like, no, 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 that clip. Oh, she's so annoying. Would Lawrence actually have three badges if he wasn't in United Kingdom? Sean, thank you so much for coming on the show. Do you want to share with people where people can find Unflopped and anything else you've got going? I've got a bunch of stuff going on at the moment, but Unflopped, you can find us at Unflopped Pop on Twitter and Instagram. Only fans. Slide into our DMs anytime on any platform. Yeah. We're ready. It's, oh, it's, it's a really, really um, good yeah, show. Give us a listen. If you are a pop fan, it's a great, great show. And you had a Drag Queen special recently where you put Crystal from season one up against Baby Lame, who's a producer behind Drag Race. And it was Avril Lavigne versus um, Katy Perry. Yeah, so two titans. Um, so yeah, a really, really good. It was br- it, I tell you what, that was brilliant. I, I met Crystal when she first came to London. And we hadn't, I came off Facebook for a long time ago because I was a bit like, but we kind of lost connection. And so when we reconnected on the podcast, we were a bit like, hi, and it was lovely. We like reconnected. So, um, and I have to say, Chris, both Crystal and Babylon, amazing. Crystal is the most consummate professional. Absolutely love it to bits. Yeah, yeah. So that's a nice like entry point for anyone who likes Drag Race, whatever, to go in because I suppose you, you know Chris. Yeah, dive in, get the listens up. Yeah, we're amazing. <laughs> it's just more of me talking about my mum. You know, it's great. I, I, there was a standout <laughs> phrase for me in that, which because the song you're trying to unflop is um, "Bon Appetit" by Katy Perry, and just the phrase "Eat Me Out Anthem" has just sat in my brain, and I was like, "Oh my god, <laughs> there's a whole playlist of Eat Me Out Anthems that I need to make." <laughs> Eat me mm. out anthem. Yes, please. Um, I would also say, if you follow me on Sean Arella, I'm currently doing coverage of BFI Flair, which is the queer film festival in the UK. Um, so doing lots of reviews there, um, lots of amazing content being put out. So um, if you love film, you can find some juicy stuff there as well. There we go. Another series wrapped. I have to say that series flew by. It really did. I mean, like maybe it's because we're watching it in tandem with the longest ever epic series of Drag Race mm. US and like only, you know, half a queen is left. But like it did. It feels like I, I kind of can't believe that we were recording the finale tonight. When, like it feels like we just started, yeah, even though it probably, the, it, it probably is the season of RuPaul that took them the longest to ever film. Mm. Yeah. And it is funny, like there definitely is a sort of pre and post COVID feel to it. Like yeah. all the judging was batch of pre COVID and then it kinda evened itself out post COVID and yeah. It's it'll be a history it'll be a, a series that will never be repeated again, you know. Well, uh, yeah, no, definitely. And I think that um Bimini Bamboulash now steps into the same 
um, pantheon as Shea Coulee as mm. winners, absolute favourites who were gooped at the last minute, though there were no rose petals involved. <sighs> yeah. Mm. <laughs> That's triggering. <laughs> um, one thing we didn't mention actually in our live show was uh, the people who joined us got to vote on their miscongeniality. And I think they would have agreed we agreed with their outcome which was it would overwhelming tea and yeah overwhelming a good 60% of people who were there said that tea and coffee was their was their miscongeniality and i think it was a foregone conclusion um ahora yeah. got a little bit of love um ginny got a little bit of love but it was it was tea as it was tea as nice yeah i think so too i have to say her finale look wasn't great though i didn't think no i i think in a way i'm going to give her that that was like a joke kind of like i'm going to like go basic on the look because it really did just look like she was like heading down the shops you know like there, there was no yeah. there was nothing too much about it um, but it was so nice to hear her big honking voice back in the in the workroom again one last time before we finished up yeah absolutely well, that's it for Drag Race UK. If you enjoy hearing our voices, well, of course, you'll only hear us once a week going forward as we have US Drag Race. We still have maybe about 12 episodes left. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, let's, let's, not, let's not get too ahead of ourselves because before too long, we'll be back in the oh, saddle yeah. and we will be getting out there to head down under and... I we, think yeah, we, All we, Stars. we think All Stars Down Under is probably going to clash as well. So, yeah, yeah you know, don't that's worry it. About get, it. Get, get used to it. <laughs> so... Uh, we'll be back with you on Monday for the f- next episode of Drag Race US. It's the Browning Challenge. We're joined by the wonderful Cassie Delaney, who you'll know from the Creep Dive. I'm really interested to hear her take on season 13. Yes. Um, so definitely one to check out. Until then, you can join us on, on Instagram at Sissy That Pod. You can sign up to premium content, including the extended version of this episode at headstuffpodcast.com forward slash sign up. Get Have a lovely weekend. See you. Love you. Bye. Bye. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com.